Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week, we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Um, struggling with a head cold. Thanks, Paul. Oh, partner. It's his fault. It's his fault. Is it still snowing there? Oh, uh, actually, it stopped snowing, but it's like slushy and gross on the ground. So it's great. My nose is stuffy. My throat kind of hurts. Walking around in heavy boots and heavy winter jackets. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. One of those days. Well, what's, what's good about... What's good about the situation? I don't know. Oh, there's plenty of good about. I'm just being. A, I'm just being a bee. <laughs> I'm good. I'm healthy generally. My dog got uh, groomed, so she's super fucking cute. Yeah, everything's good. We're gonna make chicken noodles tonight. I made stock this week. I, I was like on a cooking binge this week. Oh, I made like our own chicken stock, so we're gonna make like a, a nice chicken noodle soup. Uh, I made homemade almond milk. I've just been like doing all the things. It's great. That's nice. Yeah, sometimes when you're sick, like your body forces you to slow down and take better care of yourself mm -hmm. if, yeah. you, if you have the time that's nice so you have a little bit of space in your schedule I know but not everyone can so good you're taking yeah. care of yourself I love it and I love I love cooking and oh man like homemade almond milk is so much better than store-bought oh it's so good yummy. stuff yeah it's yummy yeah I love food okay anyways <laughs> <laughs> so how was your week what's going on with you Nat uh I don't know good week short week because we're recording this the same week of, as Remembrance Day still. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, before we go to into our, our talk about the knee again, which I'm really pumped about, um, We at the end of this episode, I believe we are going – well, I know we are going to announce the winner to – we had a little um, – Oh my God, help me with words. I just sipped coffee. My brain went away. <laughs> We're having a, a Instagram contest. Contest, um, yeah. Thank yeah, you. so we would have announced it already by now. And um, the winner will be announced at the end of this episode. Uh, so yeah, just stay tuned. Yeah. Ooh, who knows? Ooh, and we're going to do we're going to do more of these. So we're trying for once a month ish come the new year. And Don't make any promises, Nat. Don't. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I said ish. So I think that's like one to, one every one to two months I think we can manage. So definitely follow us on Instagram. It's Nat and Sandy Yoga. All one word. The word and, not ampersand. Yes. yes I don't even know yes. if it allows you to use an ampersand, but anyways. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be good. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the new year. There's lots of good stuff to look forward to. I'm super pumped about the new year. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Sometimes, though, when it's the new year, it just feels like the previous year. But then sometimes you get a year where things actually change. Yeah. Well, it, it's a new decade, if that. Oh, Right? Snap. So maybe maybe a little more? This I don't is, know. <laughs> if it wasn't your year, it's going to be your decade. It's going to be my goddamn decade. My goddamn decade, yes. yes. I actually do feel pretty good about the next dec decade. Like, I feel 
so happy about living in Victoria. I really like my job. I really like what we're doing. Things are just pretty great. Oh, look at you. Look at you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's wonderful. Knock on some wood, but I think I'm like in control of shit now. And even if you aren't, you're in a really good place to yeah, be out of I, control of shit. Yeah, I have I have good tactics to deal with the out of control shit. Yeah. Which always awesome. does happen at some point. But yeah. All right. Let's talk about some uncontrolled shit in the knees. In the knees. Well, hopefully we can <laughs> control it more with a little bit of education. <laughs> I think the knees are pretty structurally controlled. I think there's very... You think there's a lot of well, uncontrollable? Well, if you're in a yoga class and your teacher tells oh. you to sit in Padmasana for 10 minutes, then maybe you'll experience some lack of control in your knee joint later Has in life. Has that happened to you? No, I don't go to those classes, but there's a lot of, <laughs> there's still a lot of that stuff going on. And I still have talked to people all over the place and they're like, I still can't do that pose. Like, okay, well, that's not your pose. Or maybe your teachers, <laughs> your bones will never let you do that pose. And yeah, eh, it's not yeah. good for you. Like, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We'll get at to. a certain point. Yeah. You do have to sort of walk away from the pose, especially if you've been working at it for a long time. That's sort of that signal that like, if you've really honestly been working towards something and you still can't get it, then maybe there's something structural there that you're just fighting. Especially in the hip. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah good stuff so we talked this part two of a kind of about the knee podcast series part two of two we'll talk more about the knee in other episodes so part one was mostly the anatomy of the knee so what bones are there what is the joint how does it kind of how's it put together what bones are contacting what bones um kind of your main ligaments ligamentous structure structure of the joint and a lot of the muscles I don't mm-hmm. think we named every single one. We did pretty close. It just <laughs> we tried, and then we left you with like a robotic skeleton movie that you can. <laughs> you so can, awesome. The the internet's good for the knee joint. Just go and I've been looking more at what connects where, just to really just like singe it into my brain. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I think yeah. I think the knee in some ways is like really nice to study when it comes to anatomy because it's the things. It's, it's movements are very simple. It basically straightens and bends. Um, there's no like particular muscle that rotates it, rotates it out or in. Um, well, a little hip. bit, a little bit, a little bit. Really? There's a muscle that actually rotates it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's a little bit, but it's not like in the hip where there's like, you know, there's a whole subset of exter- external rotators that are separate from the glutes. The majority of, like, in your gait and in your day-to-day, you're right, like, it's a hinge joint. It's going forward and back. It does yeah, have the exactly. ability to do a little bit of other stuff. Um, those aren't its prime primary movements, mm-hmm. but it, it can. It does have some space. And then also when you're looking at posture, looking at some rotation in your leg, like the lower leg, will tell you maybe what's going on in mm-hmm. muscles of the upper leg or your hip yeah, or something could. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Patterns of tightness. Yeah. They yeah. travel all the way down. But yeah, we do think of it as a hinge joint. That's its yes. primary action. Flex, extend the knee, locomotion, get you forward and back, like connecting you to your ankles. Yeah. And it can <laughs> kind of be be the, be the site of injury for something that's going on in your foot, your ankle, your calf, 
your thigh, your hip, um, maybe even upwards of there, but it, it kind of bears that brunt. Yeah, for sure. Poor, poor knee. And everyone's so mad at their knees. I think you mentioned this last time. Are they, are they really, I don't know. How do you feel about your knee pain that you had recently? Oh, that was frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I'd be mad at any part of my body. (laughs) I'd just be like mad at it all. Like if I broke my elbow, I'd be like, fuck you, elbow, you fucking suck. (laughs) No? It's it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your your brain's fault. All comes back to our brain. It's kind of true. It's kind of true, but also it's kind of true that the elbow didn't withstand whatever I asked it to. Yeah, fucking suck elbow. Come on. You didn't understand it, Sandy. <laughs> you need better communication. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Got it. Uh, we are totally kidding, by the way. <laughs> We're totally, totally kidding. It is not your body's fault. No. Of for course. any injuries. Yeah. But sometimes but you it, need to feel the feels. Yeah. Yeah. It's so frustrating when you're like, when you're used to being able to move and then you're like, no, I can't do that thing anymore. Well, shit. This is why I'm so interested in the body. And I know like many, many, many tangent, but so teachers that aren't interested in the physical practice of yoga, but they are teaching bodies to move. If you've ever dealt, dealt with an injured person, if you've ever been injured, the emotional stress that goes on, mm. like, and I've talked about this before, like people really do experience a lot of anxiety and even to depression from an injury if, if they're stopping mm. them from doing what they love like it's yeah. huge and like you have to address the physical body when you're addressing the emotional body mm-hmm. period yeah. yeah yeah it just brings me back to thinking are they called the koshas you know like the layers of mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. yeah so you have your like meat layer and then you have like your spiritual layer you have your like emotional layer you have like all the other layers mm-hmm. and like um yeah, I think it was explained to me like what onions, like is yeah. that, is that yeah. right? Like, yeah, like onions, right? However, they're not really like onions either because they all they're like an onion that's all blended together though, and like the margins that separate the layers of the onions are really really porous. They're like really there's so much interchange. So like yeah, you can like write it down like an onion, you can draw the picture like an onion with these lines, but then you sort of have to like go over there with like. I don't know, some paint and then smudge up all those lines as well. And like, that's more realistic. Did that make any sense at all? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get it. But it's more like, I think an actual fact, like I'm not, everyone can believe what they want to believe. And maybe there's things that can sense the koshas or something, but I, I, there, there are those aspects to our being, but they're kind of, like you said, all smushed up and blended and they're inside your body. And it's like your mm-hmm. fascia and your fascia's ability to communicate and your nerves and your hormones and your neurotransmitters and like all these things that affect each other this super highway of information in our body in our brain anyways (laughs) back to the knee (laughs) you okay okay i'm really excited i'll take a moment (laughs) there's so much going on okay oh my goodness but like if you want to deal with that in a very practical manner you're like i have pain let's deal with the functionality of that area of your body getting Mm -hmm. it to function better and then of course in a yoga class you're going to deal with if you're dealing with someone specifically with injury you're dealing with breath work and and things like that too oh oh one more tangent one more one more small tangent okay so i was talking to a yoga friend the other day and we were sort of like speaking about like my knee injury and how um 
in some ways, like treating um, or viewing the body in parts, like cutting the body and viewing it just as a knee, in some cases is really, really useful. Um, and then in many cases, of course, seeing the holistic picture, like we were mentioning, like, oh, all the layers of your being or all the layers of your flesh, like there's there's muscle, but there's fascia, and there's fascia, but there's bone, and then what connects the bone to bone, then what connects this fascia to that, that ligament? You know, there's all of these other layers there as well um, that, yeah, like the holistic view versus the the like narrow down, zoomed in, just one body part view. Um, and I, I almost want to like do a whole podcast on this because I think there's certain, there's like, the time and the place for all of that, you know, and like, we shouldn't vilify just looking at one toe or just looking at the function of one thing, because um, it has so much value, especially um, in terms of learning anatomy. It is really, really nice just to zero right into one thing and then like slowly layer on the bits and see how it connects to everything else. So I find the knee is, is good for that. Um, because you can look at it in both ways. But anyway, that's just my uh, mm-hmm. ramble, ramble. Let's, what do you think? No, I agree. Like, let's put, do a podcast about, we could make it like isolation and integration or something like that. Ooh, big mm-hmm. words. Shun words. But it is important to like isolate something, understand how that's functioning. Is there dysfunctioning, dysfunction in one area? And then, okay, let's teach it how to work and let's bring it back into more functional movements more normal movements in the body yeah that's exactly it that's exactly it yeah i love it yeah let's do it okay all right noted okay so normal ranges of motion for the knee um so mainly it flexes and extends right so it bends where it's straight so Mm -hmm. flexion bending Mm -hmm. um goes from 120 degrees to 160 so if you bent it like in warrior to to 90 where your thigh is perfectly parallel to the ground that's 90 so you can go um normal range is 120 degrees to 160 degrees um and this number changes as we age it decreases as we age yeah Makes sense, right? Um, yeah. And it's like, why isn't, when I first saw the 160, I was like, oh, why isn't 180? Because you have the flesh of the back of your thigh yeah. and the flesh of your calf. Like, so if you're yeah. sitting on your shins, that flesh, there's still an angle there. So it's not, they're not like perfectly parallel. Perfectly parallel would be like totally bent. On um, top of one another yeah. somehow. Yeah. So there is like that 160 <laughs> just because you have flesh. Um, yes. Lose, lose someone when we age i'm just reading that note yeah yeah we lose some flexion so, so keep keep yeah. on keep on yoging yeah it's like anything <laughs> right like we lose a little bit of flexibility mm-hmm. in a lot of places as we age <laughs> i mean that's okay it's um so you, all you're looking at is that range is just going to be either smaller or lower um and it just you know person to person lots of knee to knee has a lot of differences that yeah, just gotta gotta be aware of. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go for extension. So extension is going perfectly straight. So mm-hmm. if perfectly straight is like Matt said, is that like zero point? Mm-hmm. Then you can go beyond perfectly straight, where like you're like if I were just sitting in a chair and I straighten out my legs, where my shin bone 
is angled higher than my thigh bones as hyperextension. Um, we all have a natural hyperextension of either five to six degrees. So it's really, really small, very, very small degree of hyperextension. Um, and walking generally requires all of that hyperextension. So when you walk, your knees are going to hyperextend by two degrees to seven degrees, just again, depending. Walking downstairs requires either 3 to 15 degrees of hyperextension, again, depending on how you walk and your gait and your hips and shoe wear and all that kind of stuff. Um, ankle mobility has a big part of that, too. Um, so there is natural, normal hyperextension, which might be really counterintuitive for a lot of people. That is for me. That's news. I like it, though. <laughs> makes you feel, yeah makes you feel better about my hyperextending legs yeah yeah it's not like like we can't vilify we shouldn't vilify that it's not like mm -hmm. a bad thing yeah yeah okay stairs requires three to 15 degrees okay sorry you just said that i am reading that i'm just reading while you're talking rotation <laughs> this one is interesting <laughs> rotation internal 10 degrees so you can think of rotation as happening from in like the way your shin is rotating because the knee is in between like your thigh and your shin and it can be confusing so i think about keeping your thigh stationary um actually let's do this like if you sit on your chair just with your foot flat on the ground so your knees at a 90 and then you kind of hold your thigh just above your knee and then you can like turn your foot in or turn your foot out uh yeah the only thing i'd i'd do with that is that the ankle also has the ability to rotate yeah um so i would like yeah grab the thigh hold it still then grab your shin try to grab the bone of your shin and then think about moving that shin bone medially like so rotating it medially mm -hmm. like spiraling inwards yeah. and then spiraling it outwards so you're holding those two bones and there is a little bit of movement there so for some of us because of um uh either the um, ligamentous structure or maybe there's just a lot of flesh there. There won't be a lot of move, but again, these are ranges, right? So um, the rotation is like around 10 degrees, around 30 to 40 degrees in external rotation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the, the key there is the internal is less, the external is more. There's more range Slightly, in external. Yeah. 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 30 to 40 is quite a bit. 30 to 40 is pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the same that you can do from the hip. External? External ish. Yeah, I think it's like I, I think 40. I think 40 to like, what, 60? 70? No way. Some people, some people have really oh, externally yeah, rotated. Some people have really, really, yeah. The okay. range in the hip might be bigger. Yeah, okay. I got to check on that. I have like 40 yeah. ish degrees in my head. I know people can go more depending on their bones and they're yoga yogis <laughs> <laughs> it also it just it also depends on lifestyle right like i know yeah. ballet dancers are from a really young like they have to be trained from a young age because their bones will stiffen so um they're trained really really young to have this like huge amount of turnout of their mm -hmm. feet which comes from the hip it's crazy so keep in it's mind so crazy. keep in mind just people listening to these numbers they're usually taken from just like a general population so you're taking these ranges of motions from bodies that normally are more sedentary in lifestyle i would say yeah Jen. and maybe there's one or two dancers thrown in there but i think mm -hmm. the majority of them are just like like 
people. So if you <laughs> are someone who really practices mobility, you might have more range in some of these areas, which might be totally normal and fine. That's not like unsafe. Um, yeah. A lot of people that do yoga can do more in the hip in a lot of different postures than than what a chart says for range of motion. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing with these normal ranges of motion is that none of them should be painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This should all feel just really regular. And this is all active range of motion? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think these are okay. passive. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So that's how your knee moves about. Um, and we will touch back on that when we start talking about the knee in the practice of yoga a bit more. But before we get going on that, we wanted to talk about creep. We tried to... Creep. <laughs> creep. It reminds you of the song. Like, you know that song? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I haven't called someone a creep in so long. It's like I think the... I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to like, hey, you, you're a creep. It's one day walking down the street. It's like so hurtful. I think I said it once to my <laughs> husband for some reason. What? I don't know. Oh. Like as a joke. Like I'm always joking. And it was oh. like face just chained. Like <gasps> never call me a creep. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's a legit concern. I will never do that again. It's a terrible thing to call someone. Oh, so man. Maybe just Aww. choose your creep victim very. I'm just, specific. I'm just going to call, I'll call my dog a creep. Yeah. She, she does. She is a creep. She really loves sniffing ankles and crotches. That's, that's, that's creepy. Creep yeah. status. Yeah, she's earned it. Okay. Oh, a creep dog. Now it's cute. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So what happens tell in creep? Me. Oh, you're going to say it? I'm no, say you it. tell me. Tell me about creep. Creep is when, let me see. It's like this, well, you have your constant or cyclically repetitive load um, in a joint that causes the... The, the stress of that causes laxity in the ligaments. So with the repetition, you can almost think things that are stagnant, not moving, are extremely re repetitive. It doesn't make sense. But what are you talking? I'm you lost me. No. <laughs> <laughs> words. <laughs> mm, okay. So you have repetition of a movement or a load within a joint which causes laxity in the ligaments. And you can either do that repetition by repeating the movement over and over and over again, or, but there's actually more repetition when you're stagnant because it's like the same thing going on all yes, the time. over time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. So it doesn't have so to think, actually be like a movement. Yeah. And I think you're, so cyclically, <coughs> ah, shit, hold on. Sorry, guys. Um, cyclically repetitive load is what we're looking at. So not not necessarily repetitive motion, because motion can be anything. I can, like, wave my hand, but there's no load, right? Um, so it's like if I'm – load is, is like – it's like carrying something or, like, some sort of pull or force against a joint. Uh, so okay, yeah, that like, makes sort of sense. Yeah, so it's repetitive load. So maybe um, – Maybe I'm not holding the plastic bag. You know, maybe I'm walking home and I have a heavy plastic bag full of groceries and maybe I'm not holding it the whole time. Maybe I put it down, but then I pick it back up and then I put it down and then I pick it back up. So that's the repetitive loading mm -hmm. of uh, a joint in that that stretches and pulls a particular ligament. Um, so that, that would depend for a lot of things. I think the best one to visualize with that is like, um, if you're rounding your back to reach for something heavy and then you pick it up and you round your way back up and you did that like 
a lot mm-hmm. of time, like mm-hmm. very repetitive. And then there's always a load and you're always doing it in the same way. Um, that that's another uh, area where we can get creep within ligaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's better than what I said. Um, <laughs> well, the, the load portion and then the same thing, like you said, with like that repetitive load or if you're stagnant, you're, you are repeating the load. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't go away. It's always there. Easy way to think about this is with respect to um, postures that are held for long amounts of time, being that in yoga or in your daily life. So sitting cross-legged or something, the way your hips and your knee are maybe just twisted a little bit, but you're doing it for a long amount of time can contribute to some laxity in the, in the ligamentous structure in the joint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me how this happens. Like how, how does sitting in a posture for a really, really long time create laxity? Um, it stretches out the ligaments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, ligaments don't really rebound. but they take a long time to rebound, like 10 to 20 yeah. years or something. If they do, you really have to then do the work of your secondary support system is strengthening the muscles, which mm-hmm. is what we work on on yoga. And hopefully that's more of your intention, your practice than just making your body in strange pretzel-like positions and not giving it that muscular support. Yeah. I- I'm going to tell my story about creep, my, okay. my, cre- my creep story. So <laughs> mm-hmm. many, many moons ago when I was a young thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> no? <this> is- <laughs> I'm starting my story. Okay. <laughs> Come on, Nat. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Go. <laughs> um. So I, I did a Shanga for many years, and uh, you guys know Kermasana? You know that one? I don't know that. I'm going to Google that. So it's like when your le- uh, arms, I can't even speak it because it's like when your legs are behind your arms and your ankles are crisscrossed oh, yeah. behind your neck, and then you bind your hands behind your back. Yeah, so it's like a f- wide-legged yeah. forward fold, but your arms go under your legs, and then you yeah. take your arms behind your back. And your legs go above your head. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's that. Yeah, bound, bound Kermasana. I'm not sure if it's still Kermasana or if it's like Mm -hmm. something else. Um, I forgot the name. But um, so uh, in the Ashtanga practice, you would take that posture for, you know, five to ten breaths um, every single day if you have that daily practice. So this this is an example of cyclically repetitive creep or cyclically repetitive load within the joints. Um, a posture like that really, really stretches your um, hip joints um, and the ligaments that hold your hips together. Um, so by taking that posture so many times, all that repetition every single day with one day of rest, um, that was enough load, at least within my fascia, to permanently change the way the hip joints sort of work. Um, And thus having to, I have to rely more and more now on muscles to hold my hips together um, because the ligaments are are so stretched out that they don't really do that job anymore. Um, And that, I think that was one of the poses that did it. That one right there. Oh my gosh, Sandy. I feel for you. I didn't know. I know, of course. I thought this was yoga, man. This is normal. Everyone else was doing it. I just looked up the pose. Um, like I do know that pose. I just don't know all the Sanskrit names. Tortoise pose for any the people that use that term. And even in like 2015, there's a yoga journal 
article, Four Steps to Master Tortoise Pose. Oh, man. Why is this necessary? Why do you want to master it? Why? I mean, if I, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things like if that's natural to you, but like, and again, maybe a once a week or if you have that range of motion, but not every day repetitive, like you said, that's creating that yeah. creep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was enough for my hips to really, really change. But I think that stimulus is going to be different for everyone, right? Like some people's fascia is just different. So maybe they, maybe they wouldn't have gotten injured as quickly as I did, but maybe they would have gotten, gotten injured like way way down the line you know like maybe mm-hmm. it would have taken them a lot longer or maybe i don't know maybe i just didn't give myself enough rest um you never yeah. really know there's a lot of a lot of things that go into that but mm-hmm. yeah i definitely think that was one of the one of the contributing factors totally so that's creep creep i think most people have issues with like sitting cross-legged i cr- sit cross-legged a lot and it won't hurt my knees and if I sit there long enough, I'll get like a little twinge and then I'll move. But I know that pain is, you feel that after there's already some change in your ligaments. Maybe. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like it's yeah. telling me, okay, yeah. move out of this posture basically. Yeah. Pain can be really tough. It could be like, it could even happen like before you're at a point of mechanical damage. Yeah. That's true. Pain is, yeah. pain is hard to say what's going on but like i sit i'm sitting cross-legged right now not i'm sitting cross-legged one thigh over the other not like um what's it called sukhasana type cross-legged but i do that i'll sit in a chair and i'll sit like that and that's fine for a certain amount of time and then it's not okay just need to sit like a normal person well i think to change the way you sit yeah 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 like once (laughs) in a while you know every 20 minutes or something just shuffle move yeah. Yep, yep. Um so in the yoga practice there's not a ton of creep unless you are repeating postures all the time like your example which well actually some some practices can have that and then if you're holding postures for 5 to 10 minutes or longer or longer <clears throat> if that's yeah. your thing. That's a practice, yeah. Um but I still think yeah, like creep is something we have to consider. It's just like, like for example, like, do we want any creep to happen in our knees? Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, generally no. no. Yeah, no. basically no. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the muscles and the maybe down and towards maybe towards the tendon that you can get a little more length, but not in the ligaments, bone to bone. Those are yeah. those are doing their job. They're there. They're, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's, that's one of the things, like maybe we should get into this since we've already talked about range of motion and creep. So knowing that people have hyperflexibility, hyperextensibility within their knees of five to six degrees being normal, five to six degrees being normal, then can we say that they're damaging their knees if they hyperextend? Yeah, because in standing postures, you mean, or yeah, in, or, in loaded postures, so standing. In loaded, yeah, standing or like let's say pyramid pose. The front knee is That's hyperextended. Quite loaded, yeah. It's quite loaded because you're leaning forward as well. So would you like how? What's what's the? Um, let Let's go with Nat. Your personal uh, sort of opinion on that. I think. Yeah, well, I feel this in my body because I do hyperextend. I used to hyperextend naturally just when I stood upright. And in yoga postures, I have to be super mindful to not be hyperextending. 
it throws my entire alignment out of whack when my knees are hyperextended. Mm. Everything that stacks above it has to be in a different orientation. So it's like oh. it goes all the way up my body, how my hips are, how my spine is, how my shoulders are. Um, I, I really check in something like you gave pyramid pose, that example, to not hyperextend because one, that is quite loaded. Like I can feel a painful, very light, but more stretchy, painful feeling in the back of my knee because I don't have the ligamentous support there. Oh shit. And I noticed that my quads and my hamstrings aren't as engaged. So my body is Mm. naturally kind of just lazy around that joint. (laughs) And maybe, maybe other people's are too, but it doesn't, their knee doesn't go back as much as mine as in a bit safer of a place like we we need that extension or that hyper extension rather to walk but do you need more yeah exactly you don't you don't need more you don't want to in any end range of motion where the ligaments are bounding that range you don't need to practice more range of motion beyond that beyond Mm -hmm. if your muscles are constricting the range of motion due to tension if your fascia is you can work with that if that feels healthy for you to do, but you don't want to go beyond what your ligaments are you're saying. That's, that's the end point and your bones. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm really mindful about creating strength in the front and the back of my leg. And that's helped me now. I, when I walk around and I stand, stand in the kitchen, making food, I don't hyperextend anymore. Like I just don't, oh, good. I don't practice it. And my body has really realigned. Oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because a, a hyper, if you just look at standing posture and you just lock out your knees, it tends to accompany like a, a sway back, right? Your hips pull forward and then your low back has that um, sort of hinge. Mm-hmm. Is that what was happening to you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I used to actually like so- lean my my stomach and my pelvis like on the kitchen counter. <laughs> like so lazy. Your knees just hyperextended mm-hmm. like a stork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people don't understand what we're saying by the hyperextended knee. You can like banana knees is one term for it, where it's like your calves and your thighs are like really back. Um, <gasps> banana knees? Yes. I don't know. Huh. I know. I didn't like, I think maybe it's a physio term, but huh. I think we'll talk more about why that hyperextension is so prominent in so many bodies in another episode. Mm. Like, I think that's a strong enough tangent we can go off because there's some different <laughs> theories but yeah. in the yoga practice i'm be, being more conscious of really my thighs mm-hmm. um and working the front and the back equally yeah yeah i think this is one of the reasons like of having a really strong purpose within your um teaching to know like if if i'm gonna tell them to don't hyper extend your knee then why am I telling them that, you know, like if I'm going to go around and say that as a thing and and not just because like your teacher said so, or that you heard through some podcast to say so, but like, why am I telling them to, to not hyperextend their knee? And what am I, what am I giving them as an alternative? And so I think Nat, you touched on a really good point that the muscles might not be firing at, well, number one, there's a structural, like why do we need more than natural range? And then number two, you, you can't feel your muscles as well when you're hyperextended um, because your muscles aren't optimally placed um, and you're just not used to activating into that hyperextension. So maybe it's about um, don't worry about the bend in your knee, but instead push down so much so through your big toe and then drag the big toe back towards your back leg so you activate the hamstrings 
and then squeeze up on that kneecap, lift through the thigh and see if you can activate your quads as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And just by giving those instructions, the knee might not stay straight anymore. It might not be locked out anymore. Um, However, you've also created like a lot of integrity of the musculature holding the knee in place so that it can be um, a little bit safer maybe again safety we don't really know we don't know if it's safer for them like a lot of people get away with this and have no problems so how can I say it's safe like I don't actually know Um, but maybe it'll create a little bit more awareness um, and more purpose now I get a pose where I'm working the back and I'm working the front and I'm working my foot and I'm working my ankle and that's great nothing wrong with that oh totally i think i think also within the yoga teaching community there's a misunderstanding of what the back of your knee is supposed to look like mm. you know in lunges i hear people cueing straighten the back and your straighten your knee straighten your knee mm. why why i don't <laughs> like if you understand the range of motion in your hip extension mm-hmm. is well like 10 to 20 degrees in the hip yeah it or hyperextension rather 10 to 20 is it hyper when it's going back of your extension you mean hip extension right so it's from neutral bringing your knee in flexion but then going back as extension and then further back from their hyperextension i think or is it just extension i don't know if they call it hyperextension there's a lot of bony stops right Okay. Well, however much back your leg is from your body, if you're just standing, pressing it back, 10 to 20 or something like that, it's not very much. 10 to 20 is normal, I think, Mm -hmm. from what I remember. And then if you're in a lunge, your foot, we're kind of going hip just briefly here, but if you're in a lunge, your foot's way at the back of your mat, your pelvis has to tilt a whole hell of a lot forward to accommodate for your leg being at back at like a 45 degree angle. And Mm -hmm. people are telling you to straighten your leg more, straighten your leg more. I see hyperextension in the knee in that pose and I feel it in my body and I choose to take a tiny little bend and I pull up through my the back of my leg more my Mm, hamstrings yeah yeah because otherwise it's just like I can go into that range and there's no purpose for me to do it I'm not doing my body any favors yeah yeah for sure so that kind of stuff even though we were kind of talking about hip that's definitely affecting your knee and I think like for a lot of people that tiny little bend that you are doing I don't know if anyone else would see that. Yeah, I think it's it just looks like a normal leg, like to yeah, to like it might look straight to a lot of people. Yeah, but some people like want the flesh of your hamstring and the flesh of your calf to be one line, and that is hyperextension. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when yeah. you look at a normal person who you know doesn't hyperextend, they're standing on their feet, like there's actually a little hollow in the back of their knee. Mm. I think that's one of the things where it's like. You, we have to, as yoga teachers, just to try to look for the bones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, once you practice that, I feel like you get such an insight, you know, like you get, you get so much clearer, like there's all these angles um, that are just natural, like the Q angle of your hips. So your hips are wider than your knees, right? So there, there's an angle there um, called the Q angle. And that's, that's very natural and very healthy. And like, we shouldn't be you know, like, like trying to undo it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's like, that's a normal, healthy, natural, good thing for us all to have. So I don't know. So look, looking at the bones is a, a really interesting practice. I really like doing it. Yeah. I just want to mention really briefly when you're talking about pyramid, one of the things that I like to do or cue um, to create that little bend is 
to so with, with the front foot you can do this in triangle pyramid anything the front legs kind of straight so you're pushing that front foot more forward and it's not just that but almost like you're pushing your shin into something imaginary oh cool. yeah it's like really forward with the shin until your knee actually starts to bend and you can keep it a little bit more bent than even you see again in that standing normal posture leg Mm. Um, tiny bit of a bend that's fine but then from your knee to your hip your hip pulls back from your knee but you keep your knee right in place you Mm. don't let the hip pull too much the knee out of its out of whack though so it's like a forward with your lower leg and a backward with your upper leg it's crazy but you feel everything engaged like quads hamstrings calves everything yeah that's really cool and pushing a little more into your big toe knuckle yes. also keep that inner edge and tracking in the knee nice yes forward that's a huge one for me i love pushing into the big toe mm-hmm. like it just i don't know it tightens that front line yeah really well that's mm-hmm. my little trick um because yeah sometimes you run out of cues for certain postures and mm-hmm. after this and we're following up down the road with let me see hamstrings with hamstrings yeah sorry i'm just looking at our schedule um yeah so we're gonna follow up with hamstrings and that has me thinking like oh my gosh i have like 18 new ways to teach a class <laughs> <laughs> yeah these, these podcasts are just for you and me we just like <laughs> we just learn so much it's <laughs> great you just um, like yeah you rethink about the body um yeah in so many different ways no i think it's good um so let's keep going with um I like this idea of common muscle tightness because um, I feel like that's something that we could we could get into. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, probably the most common ones for specifically the way your knee tracks. So that's, again, in gait, if your knee is pointed forward or if it kind of is wobbling out or wobbling in a little bit. You'll notice this in yoga classes more in your straightforward lunges. That knee tracking is apparent there. So tilting in, tilting outward. Your adductors, we talked about it last time, the muscles on your inner thigh. Tension there or overuse in those muscles will have the tendency to pull your knee in. That's pretty straightforward, I think. You don't even have to know where those muscles are, like where they connect specifically to, but you can see that the knee kind of lifts in towards the midline and you can imagine the muscles on the inner, inner edge of your leg are pulling. Mm-hmm. The other main one is the external rotators. So when of you your hip? of your hip, yes, mm. thank you. Of your hip will kind of turn your knee out, and then it's kind of interesting because your foot, the plantation of your foot on the floor, will make what your knee is doing more apparent. So. Your external rotators are more tight, so your knee is actually kind of turning out, say right leg, turning out to the right. But then you put your foot on the floor and your foot goes straight forward. So Mm. your your knee then is kind of tilted out to the side. You can also see this when your foot's not planted maybe more easily. It's more apparent like if you lift the leg and your foot really like turns out to the side, straight-legged postures. Mm. I'm trying to think like um yeah no I think that yeah that's part of Chandrasana or something like that yeah apparent 
Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense because if you think about the external rotators of the hip, they pull on the femur, right? Mm-hmm. And so the femur is sort of going one way, mm-hmm. um, more out to the side, but your tibia, your shin bone isn't really, your, sh- your shin bone is just like, but I want to go forward. Mm-hmm. But your femur is like, but I, I'm, I'm tight on the side. Hey, you pull out to the side more. And so that creates that little bit of a compression to the inside of the knee. Yeah. So that's an example of where the muscles of the hip that are doing that rotation don't specifically attach to, well, they attach to your femur, but not to the lower leg. Like they're not bracing yeah. the knee, but they do affect how those those uh, bones line up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Um, the other one that I really liked, there's, there's a lot. So we're just doing like the big ones, um, but the biceps femoris so that's your outside hamstring there's two of them one attaches to your femur and the other one attaches to your sitting bones there's a short head long head um and also attaches to your fibula i'm just grabbing my thing so that thing we did in the beginning where i was like grab your knee and turn your foot out Mm -hmm. or you can kind of grab just above your knee like your fingers should feel the outer big tendons of that biceps mm-hmm. femoris. And then when you, again, just think more about rotating your shin, you'll feel that engage a ton. Yeah, when your knee is bent, right? Yeah. I think I read that, that mm-hmm. the biceps femoris actually externally rotates the knee when the knee is bent. I just want to do it when it's straight. It's hard to do when you're straight because your I think that's quads the, are so engaged that joint and is tight. your hamstrings being pulled. Yeah, your hamstrings yeah. pulled. So, yeah, like it's in the lengthened state, so it's not not working that way so that's another good point is your quadriceps are so strong at containing your knee when it's when it's extended when it's all straight it doesn't have a lot of rotation there like a lot less than bent your knees so your knee is more um, susceptible to rotation or over rotation when it's in a bent position yes yes it is Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, and not like fully bent either. I think when it's fully, fully bent, like to the maximum, like 160 to 120, um, it, it's not, there's not a lot of movement because there's nowhere to move, right? It's, it's just sort of limited, but it's at that like close to 90 degrees where there's probably the most movement. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Hello. The, the biceps femoris one, that lateral hamstring was interesting because say that is tight and that's going to rotate your shin so your foot would point out a little bit if your ankle is not accommodating if it's just letting it turn yeah but then you go to point your foot forward and your knee then will rotate inward oh interesting you think so yeah if it's really really tight because if you just if you just keep your thigh straight forward but allow your foot to turn but if you have that same alignment that same tension but you're like okay now put your foot forward it might and I'm trying to think of internal rotation. Yeah, it could it could show up as your knee tilting in or kind of knee rotating in, huh. maybe more pressure on the inner edge of your foot. It could. There's a lot that goes on from the knee down. But yeah. Um, yeah. so maybe the hamstrings is an area if you're having like noticing your students are having differential pressure on their feet. I mean, we target the hamstrings a lot, so it's probably pretty easy to do, but you can specifically – kind of do the outer hamstrings it's nice like supta um supta padangustasana sorry i had a little brain fart there. yeah with your <laughs> strap to strapping the foot to rotate a little bit with the legs straight 
out or in? like your have the strap on your foot and rotate your foot out right from the hip. Okay. And you'll feel it sometimes in the hip and sometimes you'll feel it directly in your hamstrings, like more specifically oh. one side of the hamstrings or another. Yeah. Cool. It's like got to keep the ankle straight and everything nice and stacked and do that rotation. Yeah. So I kind of do that in like half of a split. So then you just take your hands either to the inside of the leg or outside of the leg and then you can sort of feel the different hamstrings. And if you rotate your foot, it'll also change the hamstring that you're getting. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Have you ever done the, uh, like half of the splits and then just rolling your foot in circles and rolling your hip half of the splits rolling your foot in circles and rolling and then you bend your knee and do circles or no so you just so half of the splits and then the leg that's stretched out in front of you those toes just roll them in like a circle um, and let your hip roll with it so you're not you're not trying to make it rotation of your ankle. You're trying to make it a little bit of rotation in your hip. Oh, yeah, you'll yeah, feel, yeah. You'll feel the different hamstrings stretch as you sort of like yeah, move no. the femur. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's a good really one. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, juicy good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so those are like the yeah. main main kind of muscle groups just to keep an eye on or have some attention to as a yoga teacher. If you're not like a big anatomy buff, be like inner thigh. Maybe your knee will tilt inward you gotta then maybe engage the outer hip to pull your knee straight forward Mm. um external rotators again and biceps femoris maybe that's a thing there's other stuff going on in the calf in the shin but we won't Mm -hmm. get to all of that yeah oh and the the thing that we're talking about with like the toes telling us about the direction of the knee um and basically we're saying like basically when the knee and the toe direction doesn't match that might be some rotation in the knee that's happening. Mm-hmm. However, um, you can't say that for everyone because some people just have feet or ankle shapes that are more turned out. Does it make sense? Like where, how your ankle bones attach? Are shaped. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always like, we always have to make sure that there's also like this there's just a little bit of like, you're not super, super strict about it because some people's ankle bones are shaped differently. And some people's hip bones are shaped differently. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you can't, you can't always use that, even though it's like, I think it's a good one to use generally, like 90% of the time you'll be fine. I think by using like knee and toes in the same direction. Um, but for some people, their toes and their knees just won't really go in the same direction and and that's healthy and that's fine. It's just the shape of their bones are different. Um, I have one, one uh, person in a class uh, that comes quite often and she has pretty severe tibial torsion. So her tibia is turned. So she's, her legs are fine. Like they're straight. It's not like bow legged knock knee. It's not that kind of thing. Her feet just turn inwards and her heels outwards. And that's just perfectly natural. Mm, yeah. It's just, it's just no pain. It's just the way her tibias have, um, they just turned mm-hmm. sometime during development. Um, and so uh, I don't know, in a case like that, like I, I also struggle with this. Like, do I tell her, oh, don't do up dog and, and put that tension into your legs? But then what if it's okay? What if she's fine with it? What if there's no pain ever? Yeah, no. Yeah. Right? I completely then, agree. Yeah. And then what about like warrior two? Do her toes and her knee have to go in the same direction? They don't when she's standing, like normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like, you know what I mean? 
Well, a lot of people don't when they're standing normally, but they have something going on. But there yeah, are but, other but cases this, for sure. This isn't the case. Yes. Yeah, we know this is not her case. Her case is because her shin bone is is turned. So, yeah. yeah. So then I I struggle with it a lot. I'm just like, I, I don't want to say it. You know. So then you like look at if it's you know it's in the tibia, then you're looking at the alignment from her hip to her knee. Yeah. Then I have to look and more. Then you're, up. you're good. I, yeah. yeah. I can't look at her feet as like. You know, I can't look at her feet to determine her posture. Like, yeah, it's just, it's a different, it was like, it's a good challenge, but it's, yeah, it's very, it, it's like that exception, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we have to make space for that, I think. We have to, like, understand. And Everyone's if you d- gonna didn't know, like, something. the purpose of the pose and say warrior two of how you want not just the knee to be placed, but how the knee is in relation to your hip. Yeah. If you weren't aware of that, you're just like, oh, it should be like a 90 degrees and the knee straight forward. And yeah, you wouldn't know how to deal with what's going on below the knee if, if you have a different body shape. Yeah, exactly. Or even like think down dog, like toes pointing towards your face, right? But for her, they'd be pointing like more towards each other. And that's her neutral. Yeah. But her knees are kind of straight forward and her thighs are parallel-esque. And- yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like I could just totally see someone going around trying to correct her, but then her hips would be in external rotation if, if her toes pointed forward. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's That's just cool. really interesting. It's, it's, inter- it's a very interesting case. Um, and you, there's no pain, like she's fine. Like, so don't you guys think that this is like a disorder? Like it's not, Yeah. <laughs> it's not at all. No, that's cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I, I like that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes I get a lot of like, well, not, not, not always, but sometimes I get like a, a really interesting thing. Did I ever tell you about the girl who came in with like an extra rib? No. And she knew that she had that. Yeah. Yeah. So she has, she had issues um, lifting her arm above 90 and she wanted to be a dancer. She loved dancing. So she, <clears throat> excuse me, she got it checked out and she got x-rays and they found a, like a, another rib. So there's like another complete bone crowding into one side of her chest and so it would compress on the brachial plexus every time she went above 90 oh yeah yeah so dancing's out but <laughs> i feel hurt for her man yeah so she, yeah that arm couldn't go above 90 for like more than maybe 10 seconds and then it would just go completely numb yeah 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 Gosh. but yeah i mean that's just another example of like so if that happens, just, you know, like, just don't do it. Don't raise your arm up, you know? And, and as a teacher, I can't hold on to everyone looking the same. Then I have to just be like, yeah, you do you, man. That's fine. So mm-hmm. what if your arm isn't up there? So what if you can't hold down dog for a while? Like, we have to be able to, I think, give them the spirit of what we want to teach without focusing too, too much on the forms oh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool, right? That's very cool. I like that. Yeah. Someone, sometimes people have come to me and they're like, Oh, I, I have this thing going on. And my reaction has, I'm not sure if this is appropriate at all, but I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like they've all like been okay with it. Cause whatever is going on is something they're used to. And, or maybe like some teachers would be, I don't know, make them feel bad about it. But I'm kind of yeah. like, that's interesting. Wow. Anyways, everyone, everyone can usually manage. Humans are cool, yeah. Okay, let's talk about some common cues that we hear in yoga and discuss how legit or how they came to be. 
maybe, mm. and how we feel about them. Okay. Yeah. So lunges and warrior poses. The the cue of the knee not going forward of the ankle. So keep your shin vertical. Yeah. So what, why why do why do we do this? And some teachers really know. like I don't I don't love the way some people cue it. It's just like don't do it, or they say to keep your knee safe, or they say to not injure your. It's like whoa, okay. We know that the knee can go up to 160 degrees in flexion. Yeah. My my idea is, um, I know in lunges with your knee because that is a quite a good loading stance for the knee. Like it's quite loaded. Mm. Pushing your knee forward of your ankle loads it more, so it does increase like the amount of tension within the knee joint. Mm-hmm. For some people, that's not going to feel good. For yes. some people, that's going to pull your bones closer together, and that's not going to feel great. Yes. Can't. But then for some people, it just feels fine. For some people, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, I would say in lunges with your back knee down, and some people, like sometimes you see people doing that lunge that way all the time. I think the best thing about it to have your knee track forward of your ankle is to stretch into your Achilles tendon mm, oh that's so nice yeah that's a nice stretch because like we don't get a lot like you do in down dog but a lot of other shit can be targeted in down dog just with tiny tweaks so maybe you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. even though your ankles are bent and your weight is on them it can be going right to your hamstrings or your glutes yeah. or your back but yeah. this one's like super direct on the lower part of the calf the calf Ooh, and the lower part I love part. it yeah, I love that. All the way into the foot fascia a little bit. So, Oh, yeah. Just lean in. And when you yeah. have your back knee down, it's less loaded, a lot more safe. You can have your hands on the ground. It's a lot more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And I then like it. even like a little bit movement in and out of it. Yeah. Just getting into that Achilles. Mm, like a yeah. hydration with the flow. Yeah. That's where I would use it. Um, mm. Would I hang out in that lunge every time? Mm. It also well it also gives you I think a little bit more access to bring your hips closer to the ground. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessary, but yeah, if you are a big flexible person and you want to practice that, that's good. But just know that the other way to lunge, bringing your shin more vertical and practicing kind of the opposite, the strength of the base of your pelvis to lift everything up is going to build integrity within your joints. Yeah. So it's not like one's bad or one's good, but for one, the kind of that loading within the knee joint could not feel good for certain people. Mm. Um, and then, yes, it could feel good if you want to stretch your calf. Maybe it's not the one to do all all the time. That's my thought. Mm. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it's fine. I I'm not too worried about it. I yeah. think do do whatever feels good like do them both like why not why not practice everything yeah and as it, long as long as it's healthy i think for like talking to teachers specifically i would say know the difference and then choose one to teach and your your students will appreciate it yeah yeah or you, you can like teach to like i said like another thing there that's going on like if i bend the knee more do i feel more my hamstrings or less there's a point where you're actually going to feel less mm-hmm if you really, really go too far. So find maybe find the balance there. Find the balance of feeling it and effort without 
you know, losing that sensation and then balance it with the front of your thigh, like your quads. So how low do you need to go to feel your quads? Lower isn't always better. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like I think I would teach more to, again, just like what, what purpose I'm going for there, knowing that going forward of the toes is not a bad thing. It's not like in and of itself. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, as long as the knee is healthy. If your intention is to like have people, practice um posterior pelvic tilt and use more Mm. awareness in their glutes that's going to be less accessible if you're way 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 forward way pushed forward yes yes yeah it's yeah so it's not like the knee is bad in that pose but it's just not giving you what you want in that posture yeah oh but if you want quads then go forward like then you'll feel the quads a lot and you'll just oh, stretch the quads around the knee. Stretch, yeah. I was thinking engagement. Yes, yeah, stretching oh, the no. quads go forward, engaging your front thigh quad, move back. Front thigh quad move back. Yeah, if you want to. I was, well, I was thinking more like okay, so like in a lunge. Oh, actually, and there's say... two. There's two things I'm thinking about. Huh. I can I get more quad. Okay. okay, let's just go with not going. Let's go with stretch of the back leg in a lunge. I get more quad stretch when I'm like vertical from my knee to my torso. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah like I my hips. That. My hips yeah. are way back. Okay. Um, yeah. If I then push everything forward, like lean forward, tilt forward, I have less ability to keep the posterior tilt in my pelvis, which will I need to really get the quad stretch yes yes Mm -hmm. but then it it depends because then in if you really lean forward in a lunge your front leg the one that's um like in front of your chest that one is gonna work really hard and you'll feel the quad work in that side on that side yeah um and that might be like again good or bad depending on the knee right so Mm -hmm. as long as it's a healthy knee i think that's like total healthy movement you're gonna have to go through that to stand and balance on that leg anyway if you're going to like warrior three or, or something balancing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. And then knee warrior two, sorry, the knee bent nine degrees and warrior two. I would say that one, I would, I wouldn't really cue towards, I I think I'm a little more strict with having your knee at or shin vertical. I won't even say knee 90 because like, if you're thinking about the bones, it's, the flesh of the hamstrings and your calf kind of make a 90, but you're actually at less than a 90 there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually really good for your hip, right? Less yeah. than 90. Yeah. And it's the, the position of the knee is not, again, it is more loaded as it goes forward. It's the more you kind of tilt your weight forward, the more you're doing a lot more quad work. Um, yes. Which I don't think that's the, purpose of the pose i i have a lot of other postures in my tool belt that i can do quad work in um warrior two is a little bit more about hip extension Mm. pelvic stability and well there's a lot of other things but it's not like i'm thinking of the whole thing it's not like quads let's kill the quads (laughs) so the other knee in warrior two is really interesting because that knee depending on the hip and the toe position, that's where you can really put a lot of torsion in the knee mm-hmm. because you can twist the knee a lot. So um, in that leg, as long as there's no like extreme tibial torsion, then for me, that back leg should be pretty straight. So from hip bone down to knee bone, down to toes should be more or less in the same direction. 
Um, mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to tell people to go really down low, um, don't allow there to be too much torsion in that leg. However, if you're really way up high, like it might be okay to allow the hip to be pointing, you know, slightly forward and the toes slightly out. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lower you get, the harder it is to control everything. Especially, well, in the back leg, especially because as, as you go really, really low in the front leg, your back legs, inner thigh is going to be really stretched out. Right. Mm -hmm. I actually yeah, keep the, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's, I'm just saying like, if that we know from previous episode that the inner thigh muscles, some of them attach right into the meniscus of the knee. So if you're really tugging on these, uh, structures within a loaded context since you're standing on it um not only are you pushing down on the meniscus but then you're also pulling on it so you have mm -hmm. body weight and then you're pulling against it because you're stretching these really tight inner thigh muscles um so it's just something to be careful of i think yeah so mm. even like i talked about triangle and pyramid and pushing your shin forward in warrior two i can do a similar thing we're thinking of pushing the outer edge of your shin backward there's, oh. there's a lot of cueing to pull the feet together in warrior two, which is really good for the like base of your pelvic like engagement at the base of your pelvis um, and all those deep hip stabilizers. But in hip stability, also the outer hip will get engaged if you're like pushing out with that foot. So pushing more to the outer edge of your foot, but keeping your big toe knuckle really down. And which, which foot? That back foot back foot okay. yeah and then like you're trying to actually move your whole shin bone away a little bit like towards posterior. towards the back towards the back of the towards back your butt okay. and to, in order to do that i take a, again a tiny little bend in the knee it might look too bent it might be to the amount some teacher's going to tell me to straighten it but that also is allowing me to access um stretching my psoas and not oh having that extreme anterior tilt i can actually pull pull my thigh back keep my pelvis in place and get like a really more direct uh psoas stretch yeah and i always i yeah i always get a psoas stretch in warrior too i don't know how everyone else does but i i get one yeah you gotta be mindful about where your pelvis is if you're just letting your lower back sway then you don't mm, yeah, but like yeah. that knee integrity is important for that whole thing to line up and get at my psoas because if my knee is mm. kind of wobbling around i can't brace where my femur is so the whole mm -hmm. like shin knee everything kind of lights up gets really strong and yeah. then that's how that works <laughs> i love it oh my god we're going off on this episode but i really like the knee now. <laughs> <laughs> right the knee's so awesome okay we're just gonna quickly do one more um really controversial thing so let's just finish off with pigeon pose yeah pigeon pose or yeah figure four on the ground Stretch. Same thing, same external rotation in the hip. The only difference is in pigeon, your body weight is on it. Yes. So the cues you hear teachers say, well, I don't know, sometimes in pigeon people don't cue this, but definitely in figure four, like 99 out of 100 are going to tell you to I know. keep your ankle straight. Um, yeah, why? Like, I, I still don't. Oh, you I still don't know. know? Okay, I can tell you, but okay. I don't like the language around it. Um, I think people need to inform a little bit more. So this is like protecting the knee. Yeah. The idea of protecting the knee. Oh yeah. And sometimes people are just like, make sure, remember, keep your knees safe. Like, okay, first of all, if you're on your back, you're not bearing any weight, not the end of the world. Mm. If I'm teaching figure four in a restorative class or something more nervous system based, 
Um, I'm probably not going to care too much about what your ankle is doing for not in there forever. But mm. the idea of flexing your ankle is to engage the muscles on, um, let me see, I'm touching tibialis anterior and okay. the outside of your shin, okay. which so when your ankle kind of is straight and those bones are more, oh gosh, I'm trying to use stupid alignment words, but they're they're more in like a neutral position basically, then your knee is not going to twist as much. Because I don't know. The mus- really though? Okay, so the muscles of your shin are engaged, period. Then there's a little more stability in your knee, period. It can still move. It can maybe. still move. Yeah, it can still move. It yeah, can still maybe. move. I'd say that's a maybe. And yeah. it really depends on... Um, your susceptibility to uh, twisting in the knee and your pain there. I think I think that one's yeah. That one I don't I don't fully agree with. I don't fully agree with that. It will protect your knee. No. Well, we talked about like how much your knee can still twist at a ninety degree. Your so I think the idea is again you engage the muscles of your ankle and your foot. You that'll the the muscles that are doing that are in your shin and your calf. So they're on. That's creating them to, they're connecting to your knee and your femur and all that. There's more tension in your knee, so it's less likely to twist. It's still going to move. It still has the ability to move a ton. Yeah. But it might just teach your body how to engage the muscles in the outside of your shin, period. I don't think it has to do too much to do with the safety of your knee. I think it's more postural. I think it's more. Maybe. More intended to have awareness that part of your body period yeah i think and i think um again cueing to purpose is is really important so like if i on my left leg which i've injured before um and even before the injury i would always feel this which is why i always questioned it like if i flexed my foot within pigeon i would actually feel the side of my knee stretch hmm yeah, I'd feel something stretch there. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's a lateral ligament, uh, collateral ligament, um, or it's something deeper. But I'd feel stretch, and I'm like, no, I, I shouldn't be stretching my knee. So I relax my foot, and then it moved into my hip. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it, everyone's really, really different. Because that also that doesn't apply for my right leg. So mm, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. The other thing that I would say about that cue is I think there like you just gave your example like there is more success mitigating knee pain in that posture with having that ankle awareness and again um, creating some tension so in the figure four for example pushing the ankle that's crossed so your right ankle crossed above your left knee pushing your right ankle into your knee a little bit so you're basically turning on the muscles of your hip and your ankle to Mm -hmm. create a little less movement in your knee period um that can be helpful for pain Mm. your experience you were you said you were in pigeon right uh, I think any any, any of, of the okay yeah. so yeah not for everyone but it's one of those cues where you're hitting maybe 60 70 percent of people that have a pain of some sort of pain in that pose it's not a 100 mm. percent cue mm. you know what, what I would want to play with is actually looking at so a lot of people get into the pose and then they flex their foot what if you flex it before and then you activated the muscles around the knee before you started to rotate from the hip I don't know. Yeah, like 
lying on your back, flex your right ankle. Yeah, and push a lot. and push your big toe mound away from you so that you because usually when yeah. you flex your ankle, you, the inner edge of your foot comes towards you more than the outer edge of your foot. So there's a yeah, little of course, tilt. Yeah. So keep that. Yeah. Bend your right knee in towards your chest and then rotate your externally rotate your hip or say yeah, bring out your, your hands, bring your yeah. knee out and bring your foot in towards your body as much as you can without your hands. Then bend your left knee and cross your ankle above your left knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then add the. Yeah. So super active. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that would, cause then that just like primes the for you stretch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Might be something to play with if you have some knee pain. Yeah. Might be interesting. So yeah, using those blanket cues for knee safety, just to be more aware of them in general mm. and understand that, yeah, it doesn't work for everyone. Um, yeah. Might have worked for a ton of your students, but sometimes people that it doesn't work for don't tell you oh yeah for sure so yeah, you I might just, i just relaxed my foot and it went away yeah so i'm like okay like, why do i need to tell anyone yeah in <laughs> which actually i yeah, think I like should be telling people <laughs> well i know right but then the teachers think like oh they're nailing it with these cues and it's like some yeah. people didn't and you, you're never going to get everyone to f- but just that understanding that your blanket cue is not fixing everything yes, it's like yes. you go up to someone oh i have pain in this pose okay well let's try this and then tell me how that feels. Oh, it made it worse. Okay, you know what? Just stretch your quads. Like stretch your yeah. <laughs> Do a twist. Do your favorite. Like just you got other things to do. Whatever. What's your favorite pose, supine pose right now? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing with those blanket cues, especially around like safety, is that like you don't know, right? It's like do you actually know that that's going to create safety? Like, you don't. There's no way. No, yeah, well, that's the, the thing about understanding all of it. I'm more yeah, concerned so like, about say it. being, like, in a Stop. creep posture. <laughs> like, that's... I think we should create a posture called creep. Creep. Posture, and where, where it's just, like, you look like a total lurk. You're just, like, peeking around a windowsill <laughs> with, like, sunglasses on. Like, that's the posture. You must have your... Your shoulders have to be way up by your ears. You have to be hunched forward. Hunched forward, yeah. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We call it the creep. The creep. Creepasana. Oh my god, if you want to feel terrible, <laughs> do the creep. <laughs> do the creep. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, and people can also, with the flexing of the ankle thing, um, it's so habitual that it's one of those things that turns on and it creates at the end of the... Say you're doing this at the end of your class. It can turn on more muscles that are necessary in a time when you're supposed to be turning things off. Mm, good point. Yeah, I see yeah. people in the figure four ankle crossed and then the, say they're grabbing onto the back of their leg, left leg again with that right ankle crossed and their left shin is like parallel to the ground. They're holding it up, right? Like, cause mm. everything is all engaged and super engaged. That might be the form that you do at the beginning of the class or the middle of the class or something. If you want to pop it in there mm. for some reason, the end of the class. And I've gone around the class and just tapped people's shins. I'm just like, you don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need yeah. like chill, chill. Oh, things we turn these muscles off now. Yeah. And then ankle, yeah. if it feels better in your knee to, to do the ankle, you can you can definitely cue it as an option. Like for some people, this feels better if you've had issues in your knee or mm. try this if it's doing it for you. I would yeah. cue it more as uh, like an, an ankle awareness thing. Okay. Because cool. you can see people that are just like super unaware of their ankles. Yeah. I just don't say it. I just say like 
if you feel anything in your knee, it is your job to either let me know or come out of it right away. You can just leave my yeah. class. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> get out. Get out, bitches. Get out. Um, <laughs> it's not the place for you. Oh, my God. Every, everyone everyone leaves. You're like, oh. Oh, well, that's what I wanted. Secretly crying in the corner. Um, no, no, no. no uh, I was no. going to say something, and I forgot. Shit. Recording in advance is hard. Okay. Oh, my God. We've gone for an hour and 15 minutes. We have to go. Okay. Um, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening to us ramble. We had so many tangents this time. So sorry. Um, also you're welcome if you enjoy them and tune in next week. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were, (laughs) I don't know, useful. They talked about cool things. We're going to talk more about specifically like hyperextension and like, I don't know, quadriceps that aren't doing their thing and tight calves and like there's that deserves its own episode. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Have a great, great day. And we will talk soon. Bye.